0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to season four of the podcast. To those of you just joining us, welcome to the Parenthood pod, where we smash the stigma and struggles experienced by parents. This season, we have so much juicy content ready to hit your ears, and we've transitioned to weekly episodes too. We'll be bringing on guests to share in their struggles. Liv and I will be discussing the trials and tribulations of being Melbourne boy mums of two toddlers in our Real Talk segment. And we also have a new segment that we're calling The Vault. This is where you, our community, can contribute to the conversation by telling us what's keeping you up at night. What are you struggling with? Recordings are kept anonymous they stay in the vault. So to call in, just click on the vault hotline, which is in our Linktree link in the episode notes, and record your current confession. This is an opportunity for you to be featured on the podcast. We'll use some of the recordings as podcast topics and provide some advice on them. Note, I'm not a trained professional, so advice is unqualified. Let's get into our first episode of the season.
1: just say hey babe I've, i'm tired i'm I'm a, I'm a mess right now i don't feel like myself uh and i i love you still and i i want to get back to there i want to get back to that point where i i feel like having sex with you enough and, and you know where where us again but you need to support me through this this phase uh when 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 you When you help out Mm, in the kitchen, you're feeding me so that I have energy to want to.
2: Later, yeah. You know,
1: um, when you put the kids to bed, I actually get some time by myself. I can feel sexy again and actually feel like I want it. I think that that's the biggest thing is that really frank, because we're logical creatures. So we need it spelt out to us.
0: Peter, Megan, welcome to the podcast. We're thrilled to have you on with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for
2: having us. I'm really excited to be here
0: so exciting and actually you were, we were just talking earlier about um you guys are starting your own podcast which is amazing so we'll um I'm super keen to to get into that um but let's we'll start off with your journey to let everyone know who you are and um yeah what you've been up to particularly through your parenthood journey um uh, for everyone listening um Peter and Megan are coaches and they coach busy mums to help them achieve body and um, optimum body and mindset um, through fitness and nutrition. So I guess what I'm super keen to hear about is how did you get there? Like what an awesome business, so inspiring, so motivating. Um, I want to talk about the challenges that you experienced in the lead up to creating such a fantastic purpose-driven business. So um, I guess, Megan, let's kick it off with you. you mentioned, um, you've mentioned mentioned to me that you your first baby, you had had the barbs you bounce back relatively well. And it was actually the second baby that threw you a little bit. So talk to me about the experience that you had after having baby number two.
2: Yeah. So baby number one was pretty much sleeping through uh, five weeks. And so she screamed for the first five weeks, but then after five weeks, she was um, sleeping through for like solid six hours and stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. So the first bit is just hard, you know? And then um, I have myself a little sidekick and then the second baby um came along and it was six years it was a big gap so six years later um and uh relatively great uh pregnancy you know we were big advocates on that staying fit staying healthy while you're pregnant and um a really quick birth and thinking oh I bounced back from this one as well like I must be some kind of superhero mum you know look at me and um the first six weeks I would say was challenging in the way that, um, I was a business owner or a part business owner this time around, where the other time I just got to be just mum, um, a new mum. And, uh, so we, we had the business, um, Pete couldn't take any time off. Uh, he had to just continue to, uh, continue working, but he also decided that the best move for us would be to get another studio that was cheaper rent. So move out of that studio, get into this, Next studio and renovate this next studio while packing up the old one, while servicing the clients, and then also continuing on his fitness journey as well.
1: Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so I made the mistake of thinking, all right, Bubs would be on time. I've got two weeks, uh, <laughs> and she came a week early. <laughs>
2: oh.
1: And I was halfway through knocking down a demountable inside this new premise uh, premises and. Yeah, we were in in the hospital having Logie. So, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I don't recommend it.
2: (laughs) I don't recommend it either. And you just kind of do. And then also, like, uh, my first, she was at school as well. So mm, yeah, so you're, trying to you kind know, of juggle that first year of school too. She was in starting in uh, New South Wales is, <coughs> is kindy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she was starting, uh, she was in, year, sorry, she was just going into year one. And it's like, she kind of knew too that first week, um, mm. that first week she went back to school in year one. I, I had her on the fr- I had my next baby on the Friday.
0: Wow! Yeah. So absolute whirlwind of activities going on. So okay, so you quick birth, yes, and, and you're like, oh wow, Jesus, girl, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the way to do it. Um, and so and so then you're feeling, as you said, pretty good. Okay, mm-hmm. baby number two, I know what to expect. What, what happened? What were the first six weeks like for you? Were, were they pretty crazy or was it already starting to show, sim, you know, signs of things going the other way?
2: Oh, uh, no, no, the, honestly, the, the signs weren't showing that things were going the other way in the first six weeks. I just thought okay. it's hard and we have to do what we have to do because yeah. of the situation that we're in. And mm-hmm. your mind's not fully, like I said, I had a, we had a business, so my mind's not 100% at home either. I couldn't yeah. switch off so yeah. I felt um you know I felt guilty. For not being able to be a part of the business, which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous in hindsight, um, but yeah, like, and then I felt also, so I had her on the Friday, took mm-hmm. my my first my first girl to swimming lessons on the Monday, like got oh, out of the hospital, wow. Monday, packed up with the little capsule, and I was like, well, this is what you do, you just carry on, and I don't want Amira to um, miss out on life either or miss out yeah. on. Women. Uh, so those were those were the kinds of weeks.
0: Um, wow. It's incredible that you say that. And I don't know if it's like a mum guilt thing or I'd be interested in your take on this, Peter, as well. But I certainly was the same. Like I just had barbs and then I was like just connected to my laptop being like, oh, no, no, but they need me at work. I'm just going to log in. And, and I think it's all it was an identity piece for me too. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know who I am in this mum role. I don't, you know, baby's crying, baby needs me, but that's like hard. So I'm going to do what I'm really Good at, <laughs> which is you know answering emails.
2: Like, you know what? To stay that's connected. so true because that's yeah. why I would pack her up in the afternoon, and he'd be off at, at teaching classes. So I'd like, yeah. oh well, let's let's go to the gym and hang out yeah. there because yeah. you know that's where my identity is, and that's where people get excited to see me. I mean, this baby's totally. like you know you love them to death, but they're yeah. so needy. It's so yes. hard. It's not rewarding until they start smiling and until they yes. start you know giving you something back. Oh. So you. You try to escape that hardness.
0: Yes, Yes. absolutely. I mean, Peter, from your perspective, even the first six weeks, which obviously things were still going pretty well, everything's kind of on track. What was life like for you?
1: Uh, I (laughs) clearly remember an article that came out at the time and it was of this uh, fitness influencer couple and the woman that got on there was talking about how she bounced back, right? And It's probably not talked about enough, but as fitness professionals, you definitely have an image and you definitely want to keep up with, uh, you know, practice what you preach, uh, I suppose. So that was in the back of my mind. I was so proud of this woman, like, uh, bouncing back. And I kind of inadvertently had an expectation that she would, that she would just bounce back. So when she wanted to go back to training at three weeks postpartum, I, there was no, I had no qualms about it. Like I was like, yeah, cool. If you're feeling good, go for it. Uh, you know how to train, you know what to do and you you know what your body feels like, uh, when it's not feeling great. So just work with that. Um, so I I remember that and that kind of pressure, I I wouldn't call it pressure. That was, you know, uh, you'd feel in the moment, but, but in hindsight, there definitely was that uh, keep up appearances kind of pressure running a business with like 60 people who just you know are, are just taking everything you say and do as as gospel uh that, that's yeah that's quite a bit of, a um, of pressure pressure so mm. uh, outside of that also like i clearly remember the day uh where me and uh went and uh, attended the the swimming lesson with Amira, um our oldest and it was a boiling hot day, and, and we're in Dubbo, so it's putrid hot, like mm. probably you know thirty six degrees, something mm. like that. And I, I remember offering to take Mary, and then uh, like getting the oh no, I, I I'll I'll take her, <laughs> and not I remember not understanding that, mm. but now now I do, and and I had no idea how much mum guilt there was, uh, and probably didn't know have any idea how much mum guilt there was until. 12 months ago <laughs> really
0: <laughs>
1: you know and and over that five years the first five years of having lady like, we'd had fights and we'd have fights where um you know megan would bring up things from that period of time and it took a while for me to catch on but <laughs> mm. eventually have and realize just how much um yeah i suppose internal conflict there was for megan in that mm. space and how that set up the next 18 months.
0: Mm. Yeah, big time, isn't it? It's such interesting insight, isn't it? Thinking back then, and as you said, sometimes if you have an argument, things would be brought up. I mean, what were the things, because I just think it's so important to talk about because, I mean, so many listeners are sitting there going, yeah, I was resentful to my partner as well. You know, I still <laughs> am, you know, because yes, things happen, this. right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, like, yeah. what would be like one of the hot buttons you think um, yeah.
1: well I think the biggest one is me being selfish for going to work in in some respects um, mm. like the way that the way that it was um the, the way that we would fight about it would be this uh I, I was going off to work and having fun uh, where uh, where <laughs> I wasn't necessarily doing that but Do you know what I mean? Oh,
2: definitely. So I can help you with that because (laughs) mums do feel this way that I think a lot of mums will agree that men or dads get to carry on with their life yep. it's it's mums that um change and then like you talked about identity you start questioning well who am i um i know that i'm a, and you love being a mum and you've got all this love for it but at the same time you don't have the freedom like and uh, you know i'll talk about that in any instance a dad has so much freedom nothing uh, not a lot changes for them and then they can and i suppose like on the other flip side i I'm sure he will say you know it's hard for him to leave and mm-hmm. and then and miss out on all the stuff that's happening at home. Mm-hmm. And so I think the selfish thing that you're talking about is um like the, the the fights that we would have would be the fact that he still got up at four a.m. in the morning to do his own training and then he mm-hmm. would go like quickly race home, help whatever he could, then go back to work and then come back, do a little mm-hmm. whatever he could, and then go mm-hmm. back to work. And it was mm-hmm. like this, and I think yes. like there was a little, there was, there was resentment in the way that he still carried on with his, um, his goals. Yeah. You know, instead of like
0: taking the pressure off me. I know. It's so honestly, like we are, you know, over 40 episodes deep in this podcast. um, And like that is the number one thing I think, and even for me, I'm sitting here nodding profusely because I'm like, mate, who do you think you are being able to tap in and tap out? And here yeah. I am, like yeah. my world turned <laughs> upside down. I can't even go to the toilet alone <laughs> without a baby screaming for me. Yeah. And like you have all this freedom, and like yes, I think a lot it's of the, the feedback, freedom thing—it's the that? freedom thing—and like yeah. just feeling so chained. And you love what you're chained to, your little yes. bubs, absolutely. But there's the aspect of just like, damn you for your whole entire life not being turned on its head, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm interested, um, Peter, in your perspective. Like, when you'd leave for work, I mean, did you feel a little bit like, oh, thank God, at least I could, like, be myself for a, an hour and then come back? Because if you did, I would feel the same way. Um, so I'm just curious as to where your head was at.
1: Uh, I am uh, I grew up with, like, a single mum. I've been around young, young uh, sisters, so I definitely wasn't escaping. I... Um, pine over these girls and I still do. Uh, so I don't think I was getting relief from going but from my perspective um, I came into the birth like in the lead up to I was like, all right, I'm going to be a dad now. Um, I was Like for context purposes, our eldest is my stepdaughter. She's my daughter though. Um, but having Logie come along was like, this one's flesh and blood. This one's 100% responsibility. I've got to set my game up. Like uh, I've got to, you know, get myself in a shape, make sure that I look the part, be the best example for the dads that are in the group, um, all that sort of stuff. So I, had the, I made the decision that, well, heck, we're going to be up anyway with this baby. I may as well go at 4 a.m., train before the client so that I can be there, at the other times, like come home mm-hmm. straight after six, our six thirty session, and mm-hmm. and take Logie out of the room for the next couple of hours while I'm steps. Like mm-hmm. that's that's where my head was, and I was in this little bubble. I thought I was the best dad on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I go back through my Facebook, I'm sure I would like see the cringiest posts. Absolutely, <laughs> cringeworthy posts. Yeah,
2: we do, we do see
0: the cringy, <laughs> our cringy posts. We both. See. Oh, it's so cute it's the the excitement of it all too. Um, So, okay. So I want to throw it back to you, Megan. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about when things shifted for you. So you're carrying on happy (laughs) days, doing my training three weeks out of giving birth. I mean, like hashtag impressive, right? (laughs) But like, and then what happened? So uh,
2: probably um, we moved at this when she was six months. So we moved from a, a different house to the next house, um, and I think her sleep regression um, is what they call it got worse. And um, so from about there, it's it, it. I got really tired um, by eight months, um, but I was still it was intense. Like it was the amount of exercise that I was doing when I think back now. Um, that was not helping. Uh, She wasn't sleeping. We were trying to swap shifts and all that kind of thing. By eight months, I stopped breastfeeding because I was 47 kilos and I was so tiny. And um, I feel like she didn't have the milk there. And even though I thought I was eating you know, bucket loads of food. And I did skimp on carbohydrates and all that kind of thing. Like, I'm not a dieter. I'm a, when you eat, when you're hungry, you eat. And so I was Mm -hmm. eating, you know, doubled my protein and all that kind of thing. Um, But I felt like there was no milk left in there. So Mm -hmm. she, so then I stopped breastfeeding, But I still carried on with the other, the other habits until about 18, when she was about 18 months old. And I all of a sudden, um, crashed and burned in the way that I got Galangela fever. Um, and my glands swelled up like or lymph nodes. I don't know which ones, but they're up here. I couldn't Mm. swallow. I'd lost my voice. I couldn't, it was so incredibly painful. I had, um, really, really high temperatures. Um, and I was really scared. I was so scared. I thought, Like, this is, it was Father's Day or whatever. Um, that was Father's Day, and we, and I didn't want to go into the cafe, um, which is very rare for me because Mm. I'm such a a social person, I'm such Mm. an outing person, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, Ooh. and so I went to the doctors. The doctor, this little Asian doctor, she's so cute. This little Chinese doctor, she took one look at me and um, skipped me through the line and brought me mm. in and said to me, "She did my um, my blood work. She said that my iron levels are in the two, the, um, and so I'm at the lowest that you can be. And she said, if you don't stop what you're currently doing right now, you are going to get very, very sick. And mm. so that was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst moment because then I can't be there for Miri. I can't mm. be there for Logie. And I can't be there for Pete. I can't and I can't be there for the business either. I'm, mm.
0: yeah. All for yourself, right? Like as in Yeah, all for like,
2: myself. Like I'm not uh, I'm actually I actually felt like
0: a fraud.
2: Almost mm. like oh, well,
0: <laughs> I, Why do you like, say that? Why a fraud?
2: because I was supposed to be the um, health expert, you know, I was supposed Mm. to be fit mum. And Mm. here I am trying to set the example and practice what I preach for every other mum out there. And Mm. I couldn't even do that for myself.
0: So yeah, it's so incredible. And what I'm hearing is like, it sounds like there's so much pressure, I guess, perhaps that, you know, you guys and people maybe in the industry who are doing really well, like, like you guys are too, that you put on yourselves to be, as you said, that, that inspiring figure that everyone's going to look at and go, oh, wow, if she's doing it that way, if he's doing it that way, I'm going to follow suit and I'll be this healthy, optimum, you know, best version of myself person. And I wonder if it's also, yeah, that the industry that you play in, it, it just, because I don't, feel, I don't post on Instagram. I guess I never post about nutrition or, or anything like that. So I'm often, I don't feel the same pressure. Do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I know. Peta I was had talking about it earlier. Off. I had to
2: have yeah. time off from the industry, and I actually questioned: you? Is that what I wanted? Is that really? what I want for me? And that um, and that pressure. So I yes. had to take a big break before I came back.
0: Is that um, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's that perfectionism in you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And did you notice a build up to before you got to that point And they said, yeah. "Whoa, you got to stop!" Like, what were the signs you were noticing?
2: So the signs um, that was uh, that I should have seen, but I think mm-hmm. I was just so sleep de- deprived and so bogged and bogged down, and you know that mum fog, mm-hmm. it's like a fog um, before you actually help you, you know, get better. Uh, mm-hmm. I was getting uh, sick every couple of weeks. Um, you know, like I would get body aches um, and I also would get cold sores every couple of weeks as well. Um, skin, terrible skin breakouts, like because, you know, we would find out later that my nutrition wasn't even getting absorbed um, because I wasn't recovering at the top end, you know, and we'll talk about that later, like how, how important sleep and recovery is because it, it doesn't matter what else you're doing, if you're not recovering then nothing's actually getting like nothing's actually getting absorbed so yeah i would have terrible breakouts even though i was eating amazing food but it wasn't actually doing anything for my body it was just going straight out leaving and stomach wow. issues um, so every time I would eat something like five minutes later, I'd have to go to the toilet yeah. and I was just ignoring all of those caffeine, would- real caffeine as well. Like I didn't get told by a chiropractor that, or a, um, what are the chiropractors that do like the, the the testing and all that kind of kinesiology. thing kinesiology yeah mm-hmm. so, you know desperate with getting Logie to sleep I I went um and got her like tested at the chiropractor kinesiology and he told me I was um caffeine intolerant mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when I was still feeding Logie and I was like I've never gone back to you again I don't need that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I was I became caffeine intolerant um Mm. and and, but I was it was like my one little piece of happiness
0: yes Yes. getting the kick when you're sleep deprived like that little buzz you know yeah my little bit of happiness that's right oh I can so relate so Pete, what was happening like did you notice the signs or were you just one day you pick up the phone and you're like, wait, what? You're really unwell? Like talk me through, what was your perspective on it
1: all? Uh, I, I I noticed there was, she was getting sick mm. uh, a fair bit. But the main thing I noticed was the low energy.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: And if I'm being 100% honest, low sex drive
0: too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So you know, as a male uh, who likes to have sex with his now wife, um, <laughs> that that was a bit of a uh, point of contention, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you also have the because I'm in touch with my feminist so. so you have the you have the sympathy and the, the understanding that okay, there's there's a real. Um, Life stage happening right here, Mm. newborn, not sleeping. So you know you're accepting of that, but then you know there's there's moments where, like I blurted out, "You shouldn't be feeling this way. You shouldn't have this. You know this this level of energy. You shouldn't be so tired." So so that was the kind of asshole moment uh, Mm. on on my um, behalf, but that was kind of the startings of figuring out what the hell is going on too Mm. in your body.
0: So do you think you said that because I mean again, you you guys are, you know, experts in the fitness and nutrition area. So you're sitting there going, Hold on, you're exercising, <laughs> you're eating all the right things. Yeah. So you shouldn't be feeling that way. Is that was that your mindset yeah. 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 yeah we were yeah. both sleep
2: deprived because yeah. he would yeah. try and help yeah. he couldn't, especially yeah. when I stopped breastfeeding. I was kinda like, Okay, your turn. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've done eight
1: months is your paper. We've um, yeah. uh, got, uh, got the next eight months where And I
2: know that mum's breastfeed for longer than that and that's so amazing. But that's how I felt at the time. Uh, Like, oh, you know what? She's been attached to me and I've I've been able to do all the work. And and when they're attached to you, Mm. dad can't even take him sometimes. They go through that stage where they're like, I won't have anything but the boob.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And this is my biggest thing. I guess what I'm trying to get to is, as you said, the haze of the first year of having a child, we all experience it, right? So how come, and I think this is where it's not just feeling sleep deprived, as you said, your body was throwing you so many other symptoms. And it's really important for those listening who might be sitting there going, yeah, I'm I'm tired too. I mean, we're all bloody tired. Yeah. But but like what defines just normal tired versus completely burnt out, bodies, you know, being so depleted. And I think perhaps it's those other symptoms that you were mentioning. Megan, like, is there anything else that you guys, because particularly with your expertise, you see in clients, Mm. you know, with young children where you're like, no, 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 that's more than just being a little bit tired. I
2: actually um, was on a, a call the other day with a new client and, I mean, she's all the way in America and she only had to tell me a few things and I was like, oh, no, no, no. her her baby's 18 months old too. So it was like, um, I, you know, you are my dream client. I can help you. She's like, Oh, I've just got a cold, just suffering with a cold right now. I couldn't go to work. Um, and I was like, okay, is, does this happen often? And she was Mm. like, "Mm, Oh, it's been happening, you know, once a month. Um, yep. I'm getting, you know, like these, these, like I, I explained to you before, mm-hmm. the um, body aches and the shivers mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing, like you, as if you've got a fever, but it's actually your body, like, shutting down. And um, so they're the type of things that I know with a mama. The same as when a mum, you know, I deal with, I, I am better at dealing with mums that are quite tiny and they get mm-hmm. tinier when they're not putting on weight mm-hmm. they're, and they're losing, the weight rapidly, that's mm. when I know that there's something going on from the top here that they're not recovering
0: properly. So, what is, I want to talk about this repair process because this is fundamental mm-hmm. because of what you, you know you experience. So, you you come out of the doctor's clinic, they're like, okay, something needs to change. Mm-hmm. What, what, and when did you discover, wow, well, I'm not resting, I'm not like, I want to mm-hmm. understand where, where to from there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, that was an epiphany for me when she was like, you know, if you don't do if you don't stop doing what you're currently doing now, you're going to get very, very sick. And I had to go and get an iron infusion like the next day mm-hmm. to pump this back into me. Uh, so so after that, Pete was there, my mum was there, and um, so Pete just dragged a mattress out into um, the... The uh, lounge room, and I had to just sleep by myself, and I had to learn how to sleep again. So, because um, I was running on adrenaline and stress all the time, and I was used to being woken up every half an hour. um, Also, is other really bad habit that I discovered I was doing was when I was breastfeeding, I was going on my phone to Mm. keep awake, not realizing how much damage that is, and how much Mm. that damage that is for you, and and we were only talking about this the other day, how that rises your stress levels, and then you're feeding. So you don't think that that's, that's, those stress levels are not going through the baby and then the baby's getting those stress levels? No wonder she wasn't sleeping.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to interject because mm-hmm. um, the, the the mechanism, regardless of whether you're overweight or underweight, losing weight, gaining weight, the mechanism is the same as muscle loss. So when okay. you, you breastfeed, you're... Mm-hmm giving nutrients to this new this baby, right? So yeah. your body's being sapped of, of nutrients and yeah. the way that your body will respond will often be that that muscle loss. And if you don't have the repair, that will that will go into a vicious cycle. Mm. Um, so when you're looking at that blue light, it's stimulating you. And for Megan, Me- Megan could probably confirm this, you run on stress, like you run high, hey. <laughs> you're very like active, go go go, has to be doing something. There's no downtime, so that was that was working against her with that repair because mm. there was no there was no downtime. Um, mm. So that's that's I suppose how yeah how your body responded was mm. that muscle loss and yeah and yeah yeah
2: yeah and that's what like and that's the clear signs that I can see in in mums when they come to me as yeah. well as well as those symptoms. So with the repair ritual, um, so Pete had to get uh, Logie out of the room so I could learn how to sleep again. So I actually couldn't sleep. I was so wired. So I I had to get a, um, so I still had my phone in the room um, at this point in time. And I had to get a guided meditation to actually tell me to intercept those thoughts and to tell Mm -hmm. me how to fall asleep. And uh, it took me a couple of nights, and then I was like, "Oh wow! Why haven't I been doing this? I haven't been meditating. (laughs) I haven't been doing anything that's been so good for my body to rest."
1: When you're stressed out, your body Mm. pumps up this cortisol hormone. And Mm. cortisol is is your stress hormone. It's 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 actually pretty good. Like you're meant to have it Hmm. to be able to attack the stresses of the day. When when it's like when it's up and it's just consistently up, it's chronically up.
0: Chronic, mm, yeah.
1: That, that's no good because you don't get, it's a, it's a pump in your body. You have chronic, uh, so you have um, cortisol that goes up, melatonin mm. that goes down to wake you up mm. and then to mm. go back to sleep, they switch. Mm. Melatonin wasn't coming up in Megan and that's mm. why she had so much trouble going to sleep. But mm. back to that whole breastfeeding and baby thing, if you've got cortisol running through your body, that you're you're feeding, there's cortisol cortisol going into that breast milk, there's cortisol Mm. going into the baby on some level. Mm. Uh, So then you start to wonder, okay, so why is this baby not sleeping? Why is this baby so anxious all the time? Mm. And and, and when you ask us, what do we see in mums, because we aren't in the forest anymore, because we can see the forest from the trees, Mm. the mum says to us, my baby won't sleep, I need to fix my baby, mm. that's that's the number one thing we see is, holy shit, no, you don't need to fix your baby. Your baby's not the problem. You've got mm. to yourself. Mm. You've got to get your cortisol levels down. You've got to actually repair your body. Have a repair ritual
2: yourself. Have a routine. A yeah, a repair mm. ritual. That's what we call it. We have to take care of ourselves first and have our own repair ritual or our own routine to tell ourselves now it's time to wind down and go to sleep. We're feeding or not, whether you're having a baby that wakes you up or not.
0: Yeah. And I think the one thing that jumps into my mind is on that, but I don't have time for a routine. What are you talking about? A ritual? I've got a little kid who, I don't know if they're going to wake up in five minutes. I don't have time. Don't have time to meditate. Don't have time. Don't have time. So what do you guys say to the people who say, I don't have time for a ritual?
2: Um, well, you've got because to make time for a ritual yeah. because if you don't, you'll end up like me, um, mm. or, or and you get very, very sick. So
1: it's almost, it's, it's important to understand as well that like you don't need much time.
2: Yeah, yeah. You need, like five all you minutes, need 10
1: is a minutes. buffer, and that's the main thing. So because mm. we get mums who say you don't need, we don't, I don't have enough time. Mm. We also get mums who say, "Well, that's my time."
2: Yes, like that's 11, that's 11 what we get. PM so we is don't my get. Time. Um, I don't have okay. time. Yeah. They say, uh, "Oh, well, that's when I'm scrolling on the phone or I'm having my downtime." Or or I'm socialising with watching...
1: friends, not yes, playing games. Yes. The the thing the thing is 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 it's like a, a rusty old door. You don't just go and, and run into the door because you'll probably knock yourself off it, right? Mm. But if you try and implement a one hour long perfect repair ritual mm. from Having nothing in place, you're going to have a hard time sticking to it. If you start to start with five minutes mm. of, a, of, of a buffer between being on the phone and then, like, the important thing is you just don't go from screen to
0: pillow. Yeah. Mm. yeah there has yeah. to be something between okay. that. Yeah whether it's a book or it's, a, you know, reading a book or just, you know, yes. meditating for Medi- a kind of meditation. Yeah, either meditating
2: or if meditating is like, you know, if you have mums like that that say, I don't have time and if they're not into meditating, it doesn't have to be that way. We've had a client we've had a mum client that loves um, colouring in, you know, that mindfulness colouring in and that's what she would
0: do for five minutes before she went to bed. All right, so we had the repair stage where, you, uh, Megan, you were saying, okay, so we're going, I'm going to relearn to sleep again. What happened after that? Did you progressively get better? Were there other things that you needed to do?
2: Um, So I got the iron infusion. I learned how to sleep um, again and I had to actually, again, listen to my intuition. So I would try to go back to working out um, when I felt good and I felt better. I would go in there and I would do five minutes uh, sometimes or I would feel really good and this is my personality and I would be like, yeah, I'm back, baby, you know, and I'd go into the gym and, um, and I'd do a full workout and then pfft I would be crashed and burned for another two weeks. So I would have to actually lay there or rest or do the bare minimum of parenting and, and everything um, over one workout.
0: What was your time frame to recovery or to starting to feel a little bit more like yourself, do you think?
2: Mm. So it was a good year before I started to feel more like myself, but then uh, we had a um, an expert even say to us in in the health and fitness industry as well. She, he was a mentor and and Pete actually reached out to him at one stage, so emotional and so heartbroken and said, we're doing everything, you know, like we were taught by by him and um, we're doing everything, but she's really, really sick and he just said, it's mm. going to take like Jeez. two
1: years and put a
2: sentence, put a sentence on us mm. um, as especially because she is a mum.
1: Yeah. Even now, to, to now it's like every three months, mm. six months, there might be mm. a little relapse with chronic fatigue. Yeah. So we're not sitting here saying that she's mm. completely repaired and we're, and we're perfect because mm. it still comes back, right? It's just about managing it and knowing the signs and, and catching right. it before you fall over that cliff.
0: Mm. And I think that's what's so beneficial to people to hear. Yeah. And if I sort of consolidate what you've said, it's really looking at the signs outside of just feeling a little bit hazy and a little bit grumpy and just in general. I mean, you've got to, like even down to, they all often say that your skin is one of the last place to get the nutrients. So if your skin's mm. not very good, then that's also a fantastic sign, which is something that you mentioned too, Megan. So Kat- Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, yeah, I have
2: yeah, photos
0: right. where I was gaunt. Yeah, so those people who might be yeah. sitting there going, yeah, look, that's me right now or at least I'm noticing some of those signs and, yeah, I mean, my libido is really low too and I, I just can't even, uh, like, deal with affection with my partner and that's another element of guilt along with the kids and along with everything else that's going on and it's yeah. just, like, too much. I mean, I'm just curious more from that relationship perspective, Um how do you, what would you say to them in sort of, because I'm sure Pete, from your perspective at the time you would have been like, yeah, like I get that you're not well and particularly maybe leading up to that really bad period where you're sort of like, oh, just get better or, you know, like, it, you know, maybe just eat healthier and you'll be fine. And before you knew that it was something that was quite significantly, <laughs> you know, um, you know, bad, Um Leading up to that, and I'm thinking about that period because there might be people sitting in that now going, okay, I don't need iron infusions. I'm not quite at that level of extreme, but I'm feeling things building in the negative uh, direction for me what could you be telling them to appease some of the the guilt they might be feeling around how their relationship is? I mean, how could they perhaps better communicate with their partners so their partners don't feel so neglected? I just think it's a really important piece and I'd love to hear your wisdom on it. So, so. Yeah,
2: definitely. So um, I've even had clients like mums coming to me now saying, how do you maintain a good sex life um, and also have this repair ritual and all all the pillars that we teach and all that kind of thing. Um, So I would have a conversation with them, but even... uh, include them in this if you want to start you know from the top of 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 getting a repair ritual or starting to slow stress down having a conversation with them and including them in that so oh hey hey babe like you know I really want to start improving my health and my energy levels um and I want this so it is going to improve our relationship it's going to improve um me as a mother it's going to improve our whole family
1: I I think there was a like, there was a time there where I didn't feel like I was um, loved. Mm. Uh, I, mm. I didn't feel like she was attracted to me anymore. Uh, and I felt mm. as though, like, I wanted her to jump, like, be like, you know, let's go, baby, uh, and jump my bones,
0: mm.
1: um, Instead of me kind of, you know, poking and prodding, and, you know, just, you know, Make slapping her with it sometimes, and try, and, you know, just try to give the hint without giving the uh, Yeah. Um, so, so I think communication is key, and I think you know if if a mum uh, listening to this right now is resonating, and you know, may or may not know that dad is feeling this way, just say, "Hey, babe, I've, I'm tired. I'm I'm a, I'm a mess right now. I don't feel like." Myself, uh, and mm. I, I love you still, and I, mm. I want to get back there. I want to get back to that point where I, I feel like having sex with you, and, I, and, and you know, where we're us again. Mm. But you need to support me through this this phase. Uh, mm. when, when when you when you help out mm, in the I kitchen, say, yeah, you're feeding me so that I have energy to want to. Later, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, when you put the kids to bed, I actually get some time by myself. I mm. can feel sexy again, and actually yeah. feel like I want it. Um, yeah. So, I think that that's the biggest thing is that really frank because we're we're logical creatures,
0: <laughs>
1: so we need it spelt out to us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah and if it's not spelled out to it, out out to us it's like. Phew
0: yeah <laughs> what would you say to because you um, going full circle from this at the start of the conversation you mentioned wow, so many insights from the experience that we've had um, and so many things that potentially I just didn't see or could have potentially even done differently for the dads listening, I mean if they're noticing their partners having a tough time and they're feeling neglected, what would you say to them?
1: Well boy. Settle down because <laughs> uh, uh. this baby isn't gonna want us to like sleep on your chest in the lounge room for like okay. for the whole night for long. It's a very it's a very fleeting uh time of your life. And although like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say sex isn't important because it, it absolutely is, okay. Uh, it is so, is so important in a relationship, but mm. also see the importance of mm. that connection with your new baby, uh, with with your wife, and know that it's bloody worth it when you get out of that 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 phase. Um, yeah, if and you your, hang in there. And you, if you hang in there, it's so worth it. And when you look back on it, you'll have really fond memories like you know we've had the conversation of do we have any more kids and and we're like we're, we're leaning towards no, no more kids. And for me, I'm like, so I'm not like this baby who's now six who runs off with her friends at at school she's never gonna like lay on me again <laughs> the, way, the way she was laying on me that night where I was so frustrated because I couldn't. <laughs> But I think that's that. Honestly, I think that's that. I had the clear visual in my head of this baby on my chest mm. in the middle of the lounge room, trying to get to sleep with her, and and I missed that. Mm. So yeah, that's out there listening to, to to this, if your woman needs help, let her get the help outside of you. Yes. You, you you can't fix everything, so let her get some perspective, mm. because you're emotional. You're emotionally attached. Yeah, And I I still find that You can't fix
2: everything. I still find
1: it hard when Megan goes, gets help from someone else, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big jealousy thing there, Mm -hmm. a big ego thing there, because I I should be able to fix her. She's my wife. Um, But sometimes you just got to let it go and let her get the help. Uh, Even if you know what she needs and even if she knows what she needs, sometimes she just needs that sounding board. Mm -hmm to be able to connect with somebody who's gone through the same experience so she can be so she can feel confident in what she knows that's the biggest thing is people don't not do the right thing because they don't know what to do they don't not do the right thing or the thing that they know they need to do because they're not confident enough in it so if they can feel confident in it they'll do it and then they'll get to that outcome a lot quicker
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's such gold right there. No, I love it. Um, I want you to tell me a little bit about the Fit Mum method, uh, the work that you guys do and um, how people can find out more about you.
2: Okay. You want me to start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we help um, mums get their energy levels back and get into the best shape, um, get their best body uh, that they've ever had after babies. So it's not like get your pre-baby body back. It's build your best body you've ever had after babies. And that means in your mind, in your heart, um, and your and your body is just a bonus. Um, and so you have the health, you have the energy levels, and you have, the seminar um, to be the best mum that you can be. And I mean body, mind and soul connection. Uh,
1: there's a like a consultation process and like mm-hmm. a, a, a trial period for coaching. And in that trial period, our number one aim is to figure out what is the one thing that you can achieve within the, 20, the first 28 days that's going to set you up for success moving forward. So it's not about, hey, here's this program go and do, do all this because mm-hmm. that's just going to create more stress, more overwhelm, more, phys- mm-hmm. more cortisol, and then just completely go, detract from the whole outcome that we had in mind mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. So in, in the first 28 days, it's all right, let's just assess your metabolism and what it's doing right now. We, we've got a metabolic classification assessment that we use to, to figure that out. Uh, most of the time, it comes back as poor sleeping habits, which is the, the number it's one thing. And, yeah. and 95% of mums just need to get some kind of a ritual in place where they're doing things to help them sleep before bed. They've got an environment that's set up for sleep and they're eating things that are helping them sleep as well. Because mm-hmm. traditional nutrition advice is don't eat after six or don't have carbs after six, mm. where carbohydrates actually downregulate cortisol in the body. So the worst thing you can do is restrict yourself from carbohydrates. You go to bed hungry. And mm. being hungry means unstable blood sugar levels. So you'll wake up because your blood sugar levels are unstable. Mm. Uh, so you, you need to eat foods that are conducive with repair
2: so I um, I guide you and I hold your hand through the whole process
0: understood yeah no I think it's I think it's fantastic and I think um, often businesses are born out of their a challenge that you've experienced so you've been there you've both been there and you know I want to firstly thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open about your journey and also I mean for producing such a great business where it is supporting all you know us parents and particularly mothers in in what is a really challenging Challenging time and beautiful time, but challenging time of our lives as well. I'm curious, I last ask every guest this last question. So I'll start with you, Pete. How has parenthood changed you as a person?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I am a lot clearer on the life that I want to build for us as a family mm. and I uh, i had actually had a, a bit of a, an epiphany only a couple of weeks, probably a week ago now, and it's uh, a really, parenthood has given me this compass to which I, I make decisions and when I'm going away from what I really want for my daughters or for my wife, um, it, parenthood keeps me on track. So rather than chasing, you know, uh, status and respect or, or, or money because of a job or because of, of something like that, a business opportunity or whatever, it, it always brings me back. Uh, and this, this woman gives me uh, a lot of um, that. Uh, how do I word it? You pull me back on track. <laughs>
2: Like,
0: you kick me in the ass, <laughs> ass
2: yeah. I,
0: really I love it. What about you, Megan?
2: Oh um I I absolutely adore being a mum and those girls and I'm always questioning um, how can I do better? And and um, how can I support these girls? What's the best thing for them? What's the um, What's the priority? Um, I, I don't. I suppose that's how it's changed me. And yeah. so I want to sit around at the dinner table or go on holidays when we're older and and they have kids themselves and and be like, yeah, Mum tried her best to give them the best, the, us the best possible start and to turn us into awesome humans. Mm, so. It's-
0: it's Almost like that benchmark, isn't it? It's finally, like, I mean, not that your own internal motivation isn't great enough, however, I mean, this is from my perspective, at least knowing that there's other people that you want to be your best version of yourself for, it just gives you that extra bit of motivation, doesn't, Definitely, doesn't it? Yeah, well, guys, thank you so much again for your time and for your thank contribution you. today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. Thanks so, for thank
1: you. Us. <laughs> See ya.
0: Bye thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at parenthoodpod. Until next time.